Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm Franny Benali. This is Klaus Lundekvam. I'm Matt Letizia. Dean Hammonds here. And you're listening to In That Number. Here is Letizia. with me, Kevin, the Moscow Mush Milverton, and Ray Hunt. Find me on Twitter at Moscow Mush, and my co-host Ray Hunt at Ray Hunt 84 Follow the show at Number Podcasts on Twitter, in that Number Podcasts on Instagram and Facebook. If you've got any questions for the show, if you can be bothered, send us an email to InThatNumberPodcast at gmail.com. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes or wherever it is you get your podcasts. Share, subscribe, and give us good vibes. Let's go. special episode of in that number this is episode 125 this is called kevin Rob very well done uh welcome back i uh, i trust you are all enjoying your summer and of course england's euro 2020 it's been pretty magical um a summer we're never gonna forget but the job is not done we have the little matter of four-time world champions and Euro 68 winners, Italy. So no problem. Today, me and the it's Moscow Mish. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Me and the Moscow Mish turn our attentions off the national side and onto our pre-season prep as we discuss new signing Roman Perel. Uh, we have returning guest now, Jeremy Smith, an expert on French football to tell us well everything we need to know about him, really. Uh, but first... I'm going to say it again, my superstar co-host, the Moscow oh. Mush, Kevin Milverton. Kevin, 
Firstly, is it coming home? It does kind of look like it's coming home, doesn't it? Well, it's at Wembley, so technically it is home. Yeah, it's already come home. Yeah, um, yeah no, I don't know. Can England do it or not? I think even if they can't, it's a brilliant achievement to get to a major final. First time, well, for the first time ever in this, this tournament. Indeed. But, yeah. um, I mean, I was one of many people who was slagging off Southgate in the run-up to the tournament. The selection and some of the group, well, I say some of the group, the whole group match experience was, um, yeah, kind of dull. But he's really proven everybody wrong, I think. I mean, I can't remember a manager uh, getting to two semi-finals back-to-back. It hasn't happened in my lifetime, so... Joachim Love. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, for England. Yeah, yeah golden generation. And, you know, I'm kind of glad, I mean, I did support Russia in the tournament, but I'm kind of glad they didn't get out of the group because, I mean, they were absolutely abysmal. I mean, they, they didn't deserve to go through and I didn't deserve to watch any more of them. <laughs> no, they, they, they weren't great, but... Um... Never mind, England are in the final. Yeah. Um, and actually, you came over, didn't you? I did, yeah. Which was lovely because we watched the uh, the England Germany game together. That was a great one to to watch with you. Yeah, historic victory over the old foe. Mm. Yes, it was great. Great to see you as well. And and also, Kev, it's a pleasure to be chatting football again with you on on here because I don't know about you, but I've missed recording. Yeah, I mean we haven't really had anything to talk about. I mean the, the news has been building up, and we'll get through that in a minute. But <laughs> yeah, I mean aside, Euros aside, I mean there's not really much to talk about in terms of the Saints. Obviously, yeah, it's good we got our first signing and we've got an excuse to talk to each other again. <laughs> exactly. Not that we were ignoring yeah, each yeah. other or anything. Yeah. <laughs> That sounds like we're not on good terms, but that's that's not the case. Um, I'd also like to point out um, our Buy Me A Coffee page. Uh, we've already had some generous donations, so thank you to everyone who's done so so far. Um, if, you enjoy, if you enjoy the show um, and in, you enjoy all the work that goes into it and everything that we put into it, which is quite a lot, <laughs> um, and you think it's worth the price of a coffee or a pint, um, yeah, please just, just buy us a pint, throw it at us and... You know, it doesn't go unnoticed, and we really, really, really appreciate everything. So, so thank you. Yeah, throw, you say throw it at us. I mean, yeah, beer does get thrown. If beer gets thrown in the air at, um, <laughs> when England score, you can throw some of it our way. Don't you? Exactly. Don't waste it. Before we chat, Saints, I just want to get your thoughts on this year's championships in general, Kev. I mean, what, what have you made of it? It's a strange one, isn't it? I mean, being played in, was it 12? No, 11 different. Yeah, uh, countries. Um, that's kind of been a, a strange experience, and it's been, it was a weird tournament. And I thought it was maybe a disappointing one uh, up until the end of the group stages, where it started to get really tasty, um, especially in Group F, isn't it? That's the group of death. Oh God, yeah, we had we had everyone in that group, didn't we? In the space of half an hour. Yeah, it's <laughs> mental. I've never seen anything like it. And uh, um, I was hooked from there on. I mean, I've watched every match that I could up until then and uh, more of out of duty, but I've been just, yeah, hooked to every, every match since. I've loved it, to be honest, Kev. I think it's been great. I think it yeah. from start to finish, I just love it. And do you know what I love? Do you know what I really, really fucking love? I love that remote control car with the, with the ball. <laughs> yeah, something to remember it by. Oh, that was the one with the fucking stupid car, yeah. Yeah, well, they've done it at the semi-final as well, didn't they? So hopefully they'll do it at the final. I want to see it in the Premier League. It'll be great. I think somebody must be, because it was for the opener, wasn't it? Italy-Turkey. And so someone made me just piss myself a laugh onto it. They're saying it was um, um, Insigne's car. 
<laughs> oh, yeah, I've heard Warwick Davis was in it and uh, <laughs> all sorts. But yeah, it's well, not not that much told. <laughs> no, that that's true. Um, Kevin, uh, our signing. This is what we're here for. Roman Perro. Um, excited? Yeah, yeah. We've got a, we've done a signing. We've got a fullback finally. We have. Yes, we, we, we'll discuss him in a bit with Jeremy Smith, of course. Uh, but before our guest, we have a wee bit of news to go through. Yes, shall we hit? Shall we hit it now, Kevin? Ah, should go. On. This is ITN in that number news. Okay, Kevin. uh, Before we jump on the transfer roundabout, uh, we should discuss other matters first. Um, Firstly, fixtures released, um, as I'm sure you're all aware by now. Uh, It's a very difficult August and it doesn't get any easier for September either. Uh, We open at Goodison Park on Saturday, the 14th of August at 3 p.m. Uh, and then the first home game will be against Manchester United on Sunday, the 22nd. And that is on Sky Sports. Uh, the long and probably miserable trip to St. James's Park follows. Uh, and that rounds out the month. But there'll be a Carabao Cup round two game in there, too. Uh, and if you remember, Kevin, last year, I predicted that we get Brentford. I actually dreamt it, didn't I? Um, so I said that we're going to get Brentford in round two. And we did. So this season, I'm going to throw another one at you. I'm going to go Charlton at the Valley. A uh, reunion with lovely Nigel Atkins. Yes, you heard it here first. There we go. Um, but yeah, Kev, a uh, tricky start. If recent history is anything to go on, these fixtures will be bottom of the league by September with no goal scored. Yeah, yeah, the fans will have us relegated by then. I don't buy into all of this, you know, oh, we play each team twice thing, uh, as if the order we play the teams doesn't make a difference. And we know how easy it is for our players to lose or gain confidence of of a run of fixtures. So with a difficult start like that, yeah, I think if they took that poll like they did last season about how confident fans are about their team's performance for the upcoming season, I think Saints would be right at the bottom of that table um, because I don't see us getting much out of it. But, you know, I'd love to be proven wrong. It does. It does obviously get easier so if you've got a difficult stretch there's going to be an easier one and the late autumn fixtures and the fixtures around Christmas look quite doable so hopefully we won't be in the relegation position positions at Christmas but like nothing's easier is it in this league is everything everyone's got the points to prove and I'm with you on that I think it's a mental thing isn't it if you if you start off so bad and you end up being bottom of the league it's a lot more difficult to dig yourself out of that so I, I do kind of get where you're coming from. Um, and yeah, like September games against West Ham at home. We've got Man City uh, and that's then we've got Wolves on Sky on, on, on a Sunday and, and then we've got Chelsea. So, um, yeah, it's, it's going to be a long season. And if we've got no goal scorers and we'll, we'll get to Danny Ings in a bit for sure. But yeah, it's just going to be a really, really tough start if we're not scoring. Yeah, I mean, I, I like I like to look at that. Uh... Boxing Day fixture, and that looks like a cr- cracking away day at West Ham. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, the watchers predictably lose it 3 0 again. Yeah, that's going to be, um, yeah. <laughs> which of these fixtures are we going to lose 9 0 then? <laughs> it's probably it's going to be Liverpool or City this year, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, I mean, Liverpool and City are clearly the two best teams, but I mean, I don't know that they can be as ruthless and merciless. I see Pep or Cloppo just taking players off to rest them rather than 
yeah. going for the jugular. Yeah, that's true. But I'm, I, I'm going to scratch that. I'm going to take it back. It's going to be Charlton in round two of the Carabao Cup. <laughs> <laughs> um, leads away on April the 2nd. I oh. think my prediction is that it will get moved to April Fool's Day and we'll get stonked 9-0 by Leeds. You heard it here first. Oh god, this this is great. This is a great start, isn't it? To season four for us, brilliant. Pre pre season fixtures have been released uh, as well, Kevin. Uh, only two of them so far. Um, we're heading to South Wales to face Cardiff City on the 27th of July, uh, and then 40 odd miles up the road to face Swansea City on Saturday the 31st. No home games announced just yet, but I'm sure there'll be one or so readying the stadium. For full capacity. A wonderful foreign tour for the lads. Yeah, yeah. I just wondered how how he broke the news to them that it's like lads, we're spending our summer in uh, in in South Wales. We're going to the beautiful coast of uh, South South Wales. What is this? <laughs> but yeah, and speaking of uh, full capacity, St Mary's full capacity again. Looking forward to this. If we can reach full capacity. Wow. Normally do. <laughs> we might do at the start. <laughs> the, the Man United game. Yeah. Uh, wait, I mean, you've got your season ticket, haven't you? Yes. Yeah, I'm renewed. And I'm, I'm pumped. I'm pumped to be back, and, and then I'm going to be, you know, spending a lot of time walking home disappointed, like usual. Yeah. I mean, do, do you think are the other fans like you, as absence made the heart grow fonder, and we've just you know, been pleased to be there at all? I think so. I think that's got to be that, isn't it? Especially with the with these um, restrictions easing on the 19th of July, I think a lot more uh, people are going to be willing to go out. And given the fact that I have more of a chance to get tickets, and it would just be great to see and hear a full house at St Mary's again. It would just be, I mean, it's something that you do take for granted, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it was that it was the Leeds match, wasn't it? Where the fans were back, and it was completely different. Yes. The, uh, Apart from the the result. Yeah. But, you know, you switch it on, you're like, you can totally tell the difference straight away. Absolutely. Let's hope it makes a difference. Even with, what, 4,000 or whatever it was. Yeah. Players have returned uh, to pre-season training in the week. Uh, There are pictures available on the website if you haven't seen it. Um, They've got the new training gear, the new keeper kits have been released. I'm not really fond of them. Uh, uh, Perro settling in. He looks... There's a thing that I saw as well. I mean, I saw him training. He He looks happy enough it all looks quite pleasant at the moment i thought he'd be given that freshly available number three shirt but in training he is wearing a number 15 what do you make of that um not bothered. It's unusual maybe just wants his transfer fee printed on his back <laughs> yes and speaking of kits uh new third kit today what do you think um i, I really like the models that they had modeling it <laughs> including saints women's new signing uh <laughs> Yeah, I know. I like the look of the third kit. Uh, being being perfectly honest, having, I mean, the the big fanfare around the home kit launch looked like a decent kit. I suppose that's just compared to what's come before it. But from what I've seen in real life, I say real life photographs of people, just ordinary people wearing what they've sent out, doesn't look like doesn't look that good. I mean, you've ordered one, haven't you? I've got one. I, I have. You've I have got it. one. I have one here, yeah. It was weird because like, when it when it came out, I was like, yeah, that's quite nice. Someone had done a good job with that. But um, I don't know. I didn't like the white stripes. I don't like the the um the, the, the arrows going down. I just thought it looked really cheap. But then I thought, okay, it's better than last year's. It's better than the one before that. 
it's red and white stripes. It, it, it's basic. I, I like it, but it just looks a bit cheap. Hopefully, when I see it in the flesh, I'll change my mind. But it actually went the other way when I got it um, through the through the post. I thought that, that doesn't look that good. I'm not that pleased with it, honestly. But I mean, I, yeah. I don't I don't hate it. I don't dislike it. I just I just think they could have done better with it, to be honest. So one of the guys in yeah in Russia's oil fund, it's sort of come through, you point us out. And the, the club crest, it just looks kind of small and weird. Yeah, I get what you mean. But, hey, we still got the away shirt to go, so hopefully that's a nice yellow and blue with a colour. Yeah, but no, the third kit, third kit looks like a winner. I mean, if the actual, what they actually produce looks anything like that, um, then, yeah. Yeah. My guess. I'm all for it. Um, right, shall we jump on the transfer roundabout? It's going to be a long old ride. <laughs> yes, it is. Trap yourself in. <laughs> Kevin, we are into July, so that means silly season, all the rumours. Uh, <laughs> this is the most wonderful time of the year for you, isn't it? It is. It's a speculator's wet dream. <laughs> Before we discuss the rumours and, and shit, let, let, let's let's go through all the ones that have been confirmed, all the arrivals and the departures. Let's start with the arrivals. Uh, Theo Walcott. Deal was made permanent on July the 1st after his deal with Everton came to an end, which allowed us to take him for free on a two-year deal. Good business, Kev? Yeah, I think so. It was great to have him back. He started off really well, didn't he? But did tail off towards the end of the season. But hopefully... Well, yeah, that's true. So hopefully he can replicate that against uh, his former club on the first day of the season. Yeah, something that um, (laughs) I, I found quite weird interview after he signed the permanent deal he said that now you're going to get the best out of me as if to say that we because he was an Everton player he wasn't giving it his all last time that was a bit concerning that, that's the way I saw it anyway yeah yeah I'm not entirely sure what he meant by that hmm. yeah and uh, Roman Perro arrived from Brest for an undisclosed fee uh, on a four-year deal a great signing um all excited for this uh, but as we say we, we'll have an, our interview with, with jeremy a bit later so we won't say much more suffice to say we are both very pleased uh, and finally we've got a quality left back um, and, and we've done business nice and early yeah it does make a change after that absolute shit show that we had a, a genuine uh, and there are players that have returned to the club kev uh, shane long jan valerie mohammed elianusi and the legend that is Mario Lamina. Legend in his own head. <laughs> Indeed. Um, but yeah, they're, they're all back training and pictures can be seen of all this. Um, are you up for all of these having a go next season? Why, why not? You know, I mean, Ralph's got the preseason to take a look at them and decide what happens next. Uh, Lamina had, you know, some success at Fulham. Uh, he did seem genuinely hurt that they were relegated. Oh, you knew yeah, only because he knows he'd have to come back to us. Now. <laughs> ah, well. <laughs> yes, it's like, oh, God. He's going to have to have his own Instagram series about Southampton now, isn't he? Yeah. Although, if you, believe, if you believe the rumours uh, that he could be on his way to Nice very soon, so I'm not too sure he's going to be making any sort of impact for us. He hasn't even been given a squad number, just so you know. Um, so I'm pretty sure he's going to be out the door for good but we're gonna to have to take a loss on him yeah his niece the front runner because i've heard uh porto and watford have got varying levels of interest in him yeah yeah i've heard watford i've heard all that but okay we will get into the into the 
the speculation in a bit. Uh, we'll go through the departures first. So the big one, Wesley Hu is finally bit in the dust. Uh, Hit the bricks. Fucked off. He's, he's under left. <laughs> yes, however you want to slice it. He's not our problem anymore. He's off the books. Uh, he's now property of Anderlecht. So goodbye, good riddance. Have a good time in Belgium. Dodds. Angus Gunn returned to his hometown and boyhood club in Norwich City. I- I'm sad about this one. I'm sad that it didn't work out, let's say, uh, because, you know, we've been having a keeper crisis and we didn't really need another spanner in the works, did we? And we kind of cashed in while we could. And he-, he had that spell at Stoke last season. But, well, the spell was supposed to be two years wasn't it but then he had an injury and forced him out of that agreement meaning he was free to return and now he's moved on on a permanent deal back to Norwich I'm you know I'm I'm more pleased for him out of all this because you know we're going to get to see him in the Premier League and we're going to get to see him back at St Mary's and I really do mean this I sincerely hope that he has a great season and he can turn his career around now yeah I mean is he going to be first choice given that he's still not got um cruel cruel and cruel yeah they do have Tim Krull, yeah, but I mean, how how old is Krull now? Oh, we just have to see what Norwich's intentions are. Krull. Tim Tim Krull was only thirty three. I thought he was a lot older than that. Okay, it's the same age as Big Frank. Yeah, I mean, maybe they can do a rotational thing there, but there's a, there's a a boyhood thing for for Norwich there, so they, he might get might get a few more games than than you think. Yeah, um, so I mean, you know, he's 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 behind a keeper that's getting on a bit. So, yeah, it fancies chances there more than being third choice behind <laughs> Fraser and, uh, and Macca. I mean, he was a strange signing at the time because that, I remember our first episode, we covered his uh, signing and it was, yeah, it was a big money deal. Yeah, I think it was, it was around, around 13, 14 million from City, wasn't it? it was... That's a lot for a young keeper. Uh, well, I don't know. You think how much Jordan Pickford went for? Yeah, but I mean, he was... First choice at Evan. Mm. And yeah, Gunn's, you know, stuck behind two quite well established keepers. Um, you know, we, we were saying it's the one position we didn't really need cover for. When he did get his chance in the squads, he was at the end of that 9 0 demolition and that just pretty much destroyed him. And I suppose I'm glad that, you know, we found a way out for him much quicker than we did for Fraser Forster. That's true, yeah. I mean, yeah, five million. I've, I've heard that, you know, with add-ons, he gets to play or whatever, I suppose it could be ramped up to up as much as 10 million, which, which sounds like a very good deal if that's true. But, yeah, I mean, I wish him the best of luck because he didn't really get a chance to, to prove himself uh, as, as a regular in the team. Yeah, it could be, it could be a mistake. From us, if he comes and goes and has a really, really good season, and then we're like, "What have we done?" Could be another Matt target. No, yeah, but you know, we we are the ones who destroyed him, so I think you know he'll have to go somewhere else to be repaired. <laughs> well, you say destroy, he's still got Premier League football, so he's still got, he's still got a second chance. So yeah, good luck. No, I mean at Saints, at Saints, we just you know we'd written written he was a write off at Saints, so it's good that um he hasn't been sold for scrap. To yeah, extent. but what I mean is, you say, but we've sold him to a Premier League club, is what I mean. Yeah, no, yeah, definitely. If, if he if he was that screwed up at Southampton, he'd be playing League One or League Two. So you know, he's still got a Premier League team under him. So yeah, just good wait luck. until January when you know Norwich loan him out to Macclesfield or something. 
Okay. Kane Ramsey, Kevin, has joined Crew Alexandra on loan for the season. Again, that's good news for him because, you know, hopefully he'll get some valuable playing time in League One. Uh, we'll, we'll keep a close eye on him and update you uh, on his progress throughout the season, particularly for their second game of the season, where he hopefully gets some time on the pitch at Fratton Park. If indeed you can call it a pitch. Fans do, don't they? <laughs> Jake Vokins leaves us once again. Uh, it just... Well, it just goes to show that lack of depth that we have in this position. Ralph stills no, still shows no desire to keep him around and give him a go. Obviously, he doesn't like him. That's it. Uh, he, he will join Scottish Premiership side Ross County for the season. Uh, they are deep in the highlands of Scotland, Kevin. And if my geography is correct, uh, you can't get much more north than Ross County, right? Certainly in the SPL. Can you help me um, on that one? Yes, no, it's in... Dingwall, isn't it? Which, I mean, although it sounds like a minor car accident, uh, is in the Scottish Highlands. Pretty north, yeah? Yeah. Dundee, no. Well, I'm, I'm, I just mean in the, in the Premier League. Oh, in the Premier League, sure. Um, <clears throat> however, their pre-season prep has hit a bit of a bump uh, as they have suspended all operations due to an outbreak of positive tests of players and staff. So it's just not been a very good start for Jake Vokin. It's not been a very good couple of years for him in general, has it, really? Not really. I mean, Ralph's got a strange relationship with fullbacks, isn't he? He's kind of the anti-Southgate, the antithesis to, to Gareth. <laughs> if he could, he'd play with no fullbacks whatsoever. Yes. Um, released players, Kev. Uh, David Agbontahoma, I hope I said that right, um, has been snapped up by Sheffield Wednesday. Uh, Tommy O'Connor by Burton Albion. Ryan Bertrand has gone to Leicester. Uh, Lucas Defici, Jake Hesketh, Kingsley Latham, Cameron Ledwidge, James Morris, Tommy Scott and Josh Sims, all currently unattached. And this blew my mind. Sims is still only 24, Kev. Somebody has to pick that man up. Wow. Yeah, get him out into the American League again. Get him, just get him somewhere. Someone can, someone can use him. Surely there's a championship club out there that could use his services. There's a Premier League club that could probably yeah, use his should, services. Uh, oh, so I want to promote it sometimes, maybe. Yeah, Brentford, Norwich. Yeah, or even in, no, I mean in the championship. Get a, that, I think that would be a good option, getting up to the Premiership. Yeah. But, yeah, we were sad to see him go when they didn't renew his contract. But, you know, best of luck. Yeah, hopefully he gets a club soon. I'm sure, Esketh's I'm sure another, you know, his name that's been in and about the team for so long. Yeah, well, we knew his time was up, didn't we? As soon as Ralph arrived, it was just like yeah. loan after loan after loan. At some point, you've got to say these players are never going to make it. Just cut your losses and just, you know, move on. Um, Kevin, the biggest talking point of the week that isn't England related is that oh, of... Jesus. Yeah, Danny Ings. We, ha- we have to talk about this. Um, who had reportedly refused a new deal. Uh, the, the deal was supposedly a four-year four booster, which would have made him the highest paid in the club's history. Um, it's been said that he wants to test himself at a higher level. Um, I've also heard from Adam Blackmore that uh, he has not turned, turned down a contract. He's just keeping his options open. Kevin, what, what do you make of all this now? Um, well, I mean, it's not really news, is it? I mean, the news is that Danny Ings hasn't signed a contract, which is exactly the same situation we've been in all season. But the reports are that no, he has been offered one. Well, yeah, we knew that. It was going to make him the, the highest paid player in the team and all this sort of thing. And then there were contract niggles over 
how long it's going to be or some buyout clause or whatever. That seems nonsense, doesn't it? I mean, he's just stalling for a big move. Uh, but as far as I'm concerned, no news is good news because I think this could pan out in a number of different ways. And a lot of the permutations involve being staying at Saint. Well, well, well let me let me take it back, right? Because one thing that keeps popping up in my mind is the fact that the club has said on no less than three occasions that they were confident that he would sign the new deal. He's happy here. They said this on the radio. Now, is is Danny Ings making a U-turn on this? I mean, has him and the club got together and said, yes, I'm, I'm confident I want to get the deal done. And then Danny's just changed his mind. Or is this just bullshit from the club just to shut us up? God, who knows? Yeah, I, but... either, either way, it's bad news on both of those. Because it's one of those has got to be happening. I'm bring, bringing it back to what you said about there are a number of scenarios that could play out here and you you seem to think that more likely he'll still be here i'm not saying that but i mean it depends on so many factors i think that saints are part of a long chain if you suppose if you imagine people buying a house and you know the people who own that house have to buy another house and so on um, and it all starts off with harry kane leaving tottenham and going to city yeah. if that happens Spurs would be looking for a striker. I mean, that might be Danny Ings. It might be another player. But then Ings is going to replace that. You know, they mm-hmm. suppose going for Calvert-Lewin or somebody. And then that sends Ings off to Everton or, or, or whatever, you know? Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, um, there's a chain that needs And to. if that move doesn't happen, Ings is going to... He, he can't move anyway. He wants to move to a, a top six club, so-called top six club, Super League club, European football playing club. And... There's not many of them, and they've all got strike options. And Ingsy would just be an expensive sub that, to be honest, I don't think they're really going to need at 29. Well, that's true. But there are reports that Man United want to want, want to get him. Only because Man, Man United have not been linked with Kane where Man City have. So it wouldn't, it wouldn't necessarily hinge on, uh, you know, a fallout from that Kane deal where Man United could just go... Tell me what you want for him. And we'll pay it. Because, I mean, what it comes down to, Kev, is just, would you keep him here if he clearly does not want to be here? If he does want to be here, he would have signed this contract. Would you cash in for him now or would you just let him walk for free at the end of next season? It depends how much that cash is. And I don't think that cash is uh, as much as people think it could be. I mean, 20 million. Yeah. For, for one season of Danny Ings. I think it's worth taking the hit if he scores the goals to keep us in the league. Really? I think so. I mean, that's, you know, that that costs hundreds of millions, not tens of millions. If you stay in the league, right. But if you do, well, I mean, if we can find a replacement for him, then just get, I reckon we should sell him. Because if we sell him and don't replace him, then we're not going to score enough goals to stay up. It's that simple for me. And I think if we let him Which go... Which is next, what will happen. Yeah, but if we let him go for nothing next season... We're not going to have the money to replace him. Still in the Premier League. Yeah, but you're not going to have the money to we'll replace him. We'll have the Premier League money. You'll have the they... Premier League money. You th- yeah, OK, but will they? W- can you see them buying another striker again? I reckon they should just get the highest highest price for him. You know, if, if he doesn't want to be here, Kev, he's not going to give his best. It's just whether he's in the shop window or not, I just don't no. think you can keep a player that doesn't want to be here. I don't think so. I mean, you know, Saints, I don't think Saints are going to uh, prevent him from going on his dream move but that's not happening because there's 
actually nobody out there for him by the looks of things. I think there are. I think there are plenty of clubs. There's options for him. But I mean, I just don't want it to happen to him that the same thing that happened with, with Ricky Lambert kind of thing. He just, just goes to be a bench player. And I, I mean, Ricky Lambert, yeah, he, I know he, that. that was a totally different situation. But what I'm saying is, I know the situation his... was different, but what I'm saying is I don't want him to end his career like this. He wants to go to Man United and doesn't doesn't get any game time, sits on the bench, and then... But that's, I mean, that's what will happen anyway. A year I mean, later, that's what a move a year later to a big he goes to Charlton or something. I don't know. I, 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 <laughs> Charlton's the, 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 the talk of the town at the moment. I don't know why. But yeah, but that's it. And I, I just think, you know, we always talk about Adam Armstrong coming in, if, if he is indeed our replacement for Ings. Can you honestly say that Shea Adams and Adam Armstrong are a solid Premier League partnership? Because I don't think they are. I, I you know, I'd more than happily be wrong because we need to have a goal scorer in this team. We need goals. And if we do manage to get Armstrong and he can give us 20 plus goals this season, then great. You know, everything's fine. Things won't, won't be a factor. But I, my concern is they sell now and then they don't replace. That's that's my problem. Which is what will happen. Yeah. I mean, it will be the same as the January transfer window will get rid of uh, a player for money and then have no time uh, to find a replacement everyone's going to be asking for silly money the closer the deadline yeah panics moves yeah and uh, yeah I don't think I don't think it's an option and at least if we do get Armstrong in 15 million not a huge amount of money um, can he build a strike partnership with Adams that will strike fear into the defences of the Premier League if they can then that's great you know we do have a replacement for Ings at the end of the season it'll be out of contract and you know he could get pick up an injury throughout the season Mm -hmm. that's not going to attract any buyers is it and we may even see Ings uh, running out his contract and then having to beg to sign for another team or re-sign for Saints uh, on less favourable terms for him. That's a good point, yeah. So I mean, there's that, a lot of things. That's the best case scenario, isn't it? That he, he, hasn't got a, he hasn't got a club to go to. No one's willing to pay the money. He stays to the end of his contract, still hasn't got a buyer. Then he has no choice but to sign a new two, three-year deal. Mm-hmm. That would be yeah. great. I'll take that. <laughs> it doesn't matter when we sign him, does it? It doesn't cost us anything to sign him. Exactly. Is he, he's, he's certainly not going to be getting more money a week than he is now. Well, um, what, than he's been offered, you mean? No, I, well, I'm, I just mean it a, a per week now. I think, you know, time time is ticking, and I think it's on the club's side because I don't see a rush of uh, of clubs moving in for him at the moment. OK, so gun to your head. Is there a scenario where you can see Ings lacing up on the 14th against Everton? E- easily. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll bet on that. OK, and then I could ask you the same question of Yannick Vestergaard as well, who's you know said to be in talks with Spurs. I've also hearing reports this evening that uh, Jose Mourinho wants to take him to Roma. Um, but, you know, he's had a, he's had a good Euros semi-finalist. That's got to pump up his price tag a bit, hasn't it? So do you see him still here? You know, what's your heart telling you? Uh, I think he's much less likely to be there on August 14th than uh, Danny Ings. I would go the other way. I'm, yeah, I'm, I, I would. We've got a bet on our hands. <laughs> uh, what's the forfeit? Um, we'll have to think of something. But yeah, for that first episode of the season. Oh, geez. <laughs> Good start. Um, anyway, so we, we, we'll go into some 
some possible transfers. Uh, Adam Armstrong, as we mentioned, you know, the, the hype's there. Reportedly, he, refa- he favours a move to us over Newcastle and Leeds and anyone else that may or may not be interested in him. Um, apparently, we've had, a, we've had a first bid rejected. So Substance. Yeah, we've had a bid rejected for Adam Armstrong. Yeah, that looks like the most real and realistic uh, transfer rumour on news. Um, and yeah, it could be a good signing mould of Che Adams, who's, uh, I mean, the jury's still out on him, isn't it? We can see he can score goals, but can he perform the same regularity as uh, Danny Ings can? And can he build a partnership up with, with Armstrong? I don't know, we'll see, but uh, yeah, I think it's the it's in the right mould. Yeah. I, I'd like it. I'd like it. But I think we I still think we need more. And you say that, you know, that's the most likely one. I, I, Brandon, Brandon Williams is, is, yeah. is a deal that's still not off the table. And, you know, hearing reports tonight that the club's mm. confident and uh, but then again, they were confident on re-signing Danny. So <laughs> this is just a suck it and see. Yeah. But it looks close. It looks close. <laughs> yeah, I think it's interesting. I, I started to think that it was less of an option since Perot's come in and well, automatically become first choice left back. Um, Brandon Williams, I mean, he can play left back or right back. So and there's depth. he can introduce a bit of, yeah, depth and uh, competition as well for places. Um, yeah. Yeah, that'd be something. Go from nothing to two. Two competent left backs that are willing to... I mean, Brandon Williams is only going to be second or third choice at United, so... <laughs> Is he only going to want to go to a team where he's going to get first choice because he needs to, you know, he needs that game time, doesn't he? And he's not going to get mm-hmm. guaranteed it at Saints now. But yeah, I mean, being about the same kind of um, level as Perot, I think that competition could be interesting. Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe it's like that. And then you've got also Valerie coming back as well. Possibly, but not he could go out on loan down. Again. He could still be though, couldn't he? He could be, but you know, I'd rather have him there. I would, to be honest. It's it's a player that we know we can put there, and you you you'd rather have him in than a player playing out of position. Mm. Right. Okay. So I'm just going to go through a couple of players that are possibly on the way out, Kev, and then you can hit me up with all the players that are supposedly coming in. Um, Lamina on the way out, as we mentioned, Nice interested. You said that you know that, that there was a swap deal with an unnamed Watford player. Um, which was rejected. <laughs> a fucking lucky dip. <laughs> yes. <laughs> My God, yeah. They just put them all in there and just uh, pick one out. But yeah, it, it was it was rejected. Open the books. Yeah, and then there's uh, Oberfemi was has been linked away, and and Lundaloo's been linked away. Um, other than that, no, there's not really more outgoings that have been reported. But I'm, I, I get from you, Kev, that there's a hell of a lot of people coming in supposedly. Well, if you believe every rumour, yeah, we're going to have a, a fucking massive squad next season. Um, but no, just, just quickly on um, Lundu to Amien. Is that yeah, right in that's right, yeah. So he's coming out of contract. Oberfemi to Swansea. Do you think they, they're, they're going to play that uh, friendly match in Swansea and just fucking leave him there? <laughs> so, sorry <laughs> Mickey you're not getting on the coach um, <laughs> this is your stuff mate I reckon, um, I reckon they're playing against Swansea and I think if he has a great game I think that you know those those rumours will resurface okay yeah and yeah, Gineppo to, to Fenerbahce 
Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, what clubs have you heard that are interested in Gineppo? No one. Oh, no one. Yeah. No, I've not. I, no, I, did, I generally didn't, didn't realise that Gineppo was on the table. Have you heard any fees going around? Yeah, no numbers here. Yeah. Okay. That's maybe one of the weaker rumours, um, of which there are many. Uh, <laughs> we won't entertain all of the rumours, but um, we we might crack a joke or two about them. Um, okay, let's start at the back with the keepers. Um, 23-year-old Fiorentina goalkeeper, Bartłomiej Drongowski. You heard this one? I hope this one happens. I hope um, it doesn't, because I'm not going to be able to pronounce that. But have you seen his beard? It's fucking immense. Oh, you just want to sign him for his beard. Oh. Just for his beard, yeah. Um, uh, 24-year-old Freddie Woodman from Newcastle. You had a decent season at Swansea on loan. I'd take, uh, a, loan, I'd take a loan deal for him. Mm, it depends how much they want from him. But yeah, he kept 20, 20 clean sheets. That's quite a few. Um, Thomas Strakosha. From Lazio, he's a free agent now. No, okay. Um, Jeffrey Schlapp from Paris. <laughs> Jeffrey Schlapp. No, no, I don't want Jeffrey Schlapp. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, I did call him uh, Jeffrey Schlapp by accident once. No, I'm not or something. <laughs> oh, no, he was in my notes as Jeffrey Schlapp. And oh, really is, is that is that is it kind of like a hoy bag thing where you have to call him a hoy bag? Yeah, I should. That's it. Now. Slip uh, of the yeah, tongue. You make him. Any, yeah, any, any slips of the tongue, they're permanent. <laughs> that, that should be a rule. <laughs> oh, God. Um, yeah, I'd be fucked if any of these signed for us then. Um, Nuno Tavares from Benfica, 21-year-old left-back. Another left-back. Wow. You wait all this time for one and then three come along at once. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is just ancient bullshit, isn't it? Um 23-year-old Middlesbrough defender Dale Fry. Philip Juricic uh, from Sestawolo. Yeah, I've heard this one. That'll be crazy. He used to play for Saints. Yeah, that's why it'll be crazy, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Ryan Christie from Celtic. Yep. Yeah, and up in Newcastle. Um, Jovan Cabral. Yes, I heard this one from you, actually. And uh, yeah, that's never going to happen. Okay. Um, 23-year-old French striker Odson Edouard from Celtic for 20 mil. What's his first name? <laughs> that's that's, that's Odson, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's Odson. Fucking 20 million, you might as well be. Um, yeah, 83 goals and 37 assists in 67 games. Um, yeah, he's not going to say it. Yeah, 22-year-old nonce forward Randall Colo Moani. No. You're making this up. Well, somebody is, but it's not me. Um, uh, young boy striker Jean-Pierre and Sami, and yeah, I mean, I could go on, but yeah, Tammy Abraham's come up again and again, but mm. again, I think you know, I could see that happening if it's part of the chain. If Ings leaves early in the transfer window, why not? No, but it's not going to happen. I take Tammy Abraham. Definitely. Yeah, no, I think you know, if we're saying, can we replace Danny Ings? with a proven goal scorer with Premier League experience. There he is. Yep, indeed. Um, Kev, can we get off this roundabout now? Because I'm getting dizzy. Yeah, I'm actually going to be sick if mm. I continue. So, um, yeah, I'll call it off then. Yes. OK, so out of that, uh, more news. Uh, Caleb Watts in the Aussie side for Tokyo. Mm, that's good news. Yep, that is good news. Uh, we'll move on to the to the women. A signing for the ladies. Former Saints Academy defender Laura Rafferty has rejoined the club. She's 25 uh, and she brings key experience to the side, having had spells 
in the Women's Super League. She's played for Chelsea, Oxford United and Brighton. So that is great news. Uh, we will continue to bring more updates from the women's team this year. Um, and they've uh, released their pre-season fixtures, or some of them anyway. Uh, they are playing Southampton women on Tuesday, the 20th of July. That's a 7.30 kickoff. They're playing Lewis FC on Thursday, the 29th of July at 7.30. And they're playing London City Lionesses on Sunday, the 8th of August, and that's a 2 p.m. kickoff. All three of those games are playing at AFC Totten's Snow Stadium. Uh, so, yeah, and tickets will be announced soon. So, yeah, there'll be more to come from the women. Mm, the derby in there for the ladies. Yes, there is. Yeah. Southampton FC women against Southampton women. Women's FC. Mm. <laughs> people's Front of Judea. <laughs> yeah. Are you the People's Judea Front of Judea? Front. Fuck off. <laughs> people's Front of Judea. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of flying a little bit under the radar, but not just Danny Ings and Yannick Vestergaard's contracts are running out at the end of this next season. Um, there's quite a long list of players, if you look at it, who are out of contract in 2022. Uh, Fraser Forster, yeah. uh, Wesley Hooper, he's, he's fucked off now. Um, James Ward-Prowse, Jack Stevens, Alex McCarthy, Mario Lamina, Shane Long, Michael Abafemi and Dan Lindelou. And whilst we've heard, you know, the other transfer rumour for a couple of those, I mean, that's a, it's a big, hefty chunk of our squad and, you know, a lot of very important players. Yes. Yeah, that's, that's going to it's going to cost a lot of money to get all that done, isn't it, next season? You feel you don't I can't see them all signing new. I mean, Shane Long's going to walk, isn't he, at the end of that? And Fraser Forster, probably. Yeah. And, you know, that that massive wage that he's on every week will be freed up. James Wood-Prowse, they need to get that done this season, don't they? That needs to be done ASAP. Um, and then, yeah, you, I mean, I, Elie Nussi as well. I can't, when he signed, I'm pretty sure he signed a, a three-year deal. But if, if you read those players out, then he's probably on a four-year deal, wasn't he? I can't quite remember, but he, he's not part of that. Um, but, yeah, there, there's some key players there that I mean, they need to tie up. It's going to become quite expensive. Definitely. And I've, I've heard that, you know, McCarthy's on the verge of signing um, a new long-term deal. Yes. But I mean, we focus so much on, you know, getting rid of the dross that's weighing the team down that um, we've managed to ignore um, the players that are the most important to the team and uh, and tying them all down to new contracts. I mean, even Jack Stevens, he should be there. Yeah, you're right. There's a lot of players that I need to need to sort out this season. Yeah. Those are the, the, those probably arguably more important signings than any Brandon Williams or Adam Armstrong. Yep, you're right. You're right. Is that it from you before we move on to our interview? Um, yeah, I think it's about time uh, we got talking about Perron. Let's do that now. We're bringing Jeremy Smith. This is Klaus Lundekvam, and you are listening to In That Number. Okay, now we'd like to bring in our special guest today. Uh, for those who remember this time last year, we well, he came on and discussed our signing Ibrahima Diallo from Brest. Now we have another signing from Brest. I guess you could say, Kevin, we have a great pair of breasts. <laughs> Speak for yourself. <laughs> okay, enough of that anyway. Um, but with us now to discuss uh, Roman Perro. I hope I've said that right. Uh, we welcome back writer, French football expert and Brighton fan, Jeremy Smith. Jeremy, 
Uh, I know you're a very, very busy man, so I thank you once again for joining us. No problem. Thanks for having me. And a Brighton fan too. Yeah, personally, we're looking more at players leaving than arriving at the moment. I think that's I think that's true for us as well, apart from this one, of course. But um, yeah, firstly, how are you and um, how are you spending your summer and are you enjoying the Euros? Uh, well, as a France fan, not as much as, as I could have been. <laughs> um, but apart from that, well, it hasn't been much of a summer yet either. But yeah, other than that, everything's good. <laughs> that's good. That's good. Right then. OK, let's go straight into it then. Uh, now, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that you speak French as well. Yeah. OK, cool. How do we pronounce his name? Properly. Romain Perrault. Oh, that's perfect. Okay, I'm just going to call him Perrault. Yeah, that's fine. As long as you don't pronounce the D at the end. Perrault. Perrault. Okay, perfect. Um, So, 23-year-old French left-back from, well, he's born in Toulouse, signed from Brest for an undisclosed fee, uh, beating the likes of Newcastle, West Ham and Leeds for his signature. Uh, It it was understood that uh, fellow French under-21 teammate Diallo convinced him to join Saints through WhatsApp. Apparently. This is what this is what I read. Um that easy. <laughs> yeah, come on. Come and come and join us. Um he feels, you know, this is the, the right club for him at this time and he said that he's very happy. Um I'm sure we can change that mood pretty quickly. Um but but first how how good of a signing is this for Saints? I think it's a really good signing. He's um you know, he's, he's not yet sort of at the top of his game or at the peak of his career, but this is the obvious sort of next step in what has been a sort of upwardly mobile career over the last two, three years. He was he he kind of went through the, the Nice youth system. For some reason, they didn't seem that keen on him. Well, well he went on loan to Paris FC, who are in Ligue 2, and he was... That's right. Uh, yeah, I read that he played for Paris, and I was like, what? I was like, you played for Paris Saint-Germain, and I realised it wasn't Paris Saint-Germain. Yeah, there's this kind of myth that that PSG are the only team in Paris. They're not. They're the the only sort of marquee team, I guess. But yeah, there's a Paris FC who um, have yeah made made headlines the last two or three years with some interesting sort of loan signings and um, a sort of former top coach who who was there last year. And, And he was there. He... I think two seasons ago he spent the season there and was was really fantastic. Definitely the less left back of the season, and I think France football voted him the the player of league that season. Um, and then weirdly Nice didn't want to keep him, or maybe it wasn't that they didn't want to keep him, but offers came in. But I'm surprised he went for as little as two million. I think it was. Um, he joined um, Brest. I actually that summer I spoke to. Um, a Bordeaux recruiter um, and it was just at the time that everything was going very very wrong sort of behind the scenes at Bordeaux and he was furious as a Bordeaux fan that he'd strongly recommended Perrault and they hadn't sorry I said it in the English way but um, <laughs> and and that they hadn't really been interested and he, he was saying this is like we had I had the opportunity to sign him. They turned it down and they're going to really regret it because he's really going to become a top class player. And certainly at Brest across the, the two seasons, um, again, like I said, you, you sort of seen a progression. The first season was solid, but not as spectacular. And the second season, he's been brilliant. So I think, unfortunately for the French league, the next step is always maybe slightly more quickly than, than French football fans would like. To, for these players to to look to go abroad, and I think 
we're seeing a lot that, that uh, this sort of progression that Diallo and, and Perra now are making, where they're looking at kind of um, mid-table teams in the Premier League to come in, make a name for themselves, and then they'll presumably be hoping to, to take the next step up and look to the Champions League teams, you know, a year or two down the line. Oh, God, not again. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, you, it's funny you should say that, because um, when he was, sorry, Kev, uh, when... When he signed for Brest in, in 2019, he signed a four-year deal, didn't he? If you say so, to be honest, I don't know how long the contract was. Yeah, apparently it was a four-year deal, and I, I just find that really, uh, you know, amazing. You said it was, um, it was kind of like fast tracked as, as these players do. Two years into that deal, he's, he's off, he's off again. So that probably doesn't bode well for us, then, does it, Kev? <laughs> well, I mean. That does mean that he'll be a great success story, so I'm fine with that. I mean, it's just the way of things now, isn't it? That I suppose you put people in longer contracts just so that you can demand a bit more of a fee or you don't have to panic too soon about tying them down again. I mean, you know, look at Mbappé. Yeah. He's got a year left and PSG don't know what to do with him. That's um, true. But, yeah, unfortunately, it would be nice to see these players stay a little bit longer or maybe even go to one of the bigger teams in France before they move abroad. But it's just the way it is. There's nowhere near the same amount of money, especially this summer in France. So I think there's going to be probably a huge exodus out of, out of Ligue 1 this summer, unfortunately. <coughs> Snap up some more players from there. <laughs> Yeah, but I just want, I want to say that, it, you know, those kind of long contracts, they do bite you in the ass. You end up uh, just stacked up with players that don't want to be there and that the club doesn't want to have. And that's a problem that we've also been having at the same time. At Brest, it's sort of, it felt like the end of a cycle as well, because the first half of the season, they played probably genuinely, like obviously not the highest Obviously not to challenge for, for the top places, but they probably played the most entertaining football in Ligue 1 um, under their coach, who, who really is a um, you know proponent of, of good sort of keeping it on the ground, good passing, attacking football. And then the second half of the season, they kind of fell off a cliff and only avoided relegation by one point. Um, Sounds like us. <laughs> they, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> they did. Well, us as well. <laughs> they did concede a lot of goals as well. And, and the coach was left. And I think probably within the club, they knew that was going to happen. And I think it was one of those sort of, you know, lame duck coaches and everyone stops playing and, and is kind of waiting for something new to happen. So, yeah, I think for a player like Perro, you know, certain other t- other players in the, in the club are sort of maybe, you know, breast players through and through or can't aspire to to move on to better things but he was always one of the stars so seeing as it feels like kind of well as I said the end of a cycle there it probably very much makes sense for someone like him to leave right now as as a player what kind what can he bring to Southampton what what his main attributes as a player so for me he's he's a kind of classic modern fullback in that he's a really good attacking defender but my concern, maybe it just makes me sound like a grumpy old man, but I still expect fullbacks to defend first and attack second. But me I don't, too. I don't think there's many fullbacks that do that so much anymore. So I'm not saying he's not a good defender. I think he is a, a good, solid, strong defender. But definitely his, his strong points are his attacking. So um, he can play left back, but definitely can also, although. Brest rarely played it. He can play as a as a wing back as well, which which gives you options if you ever wanted to play three at the back. And yeah, he's just he's really good going forward. He's good with the ball at his feet. He's got a decent range of passing, and he's got a very very good cross. 
either sort of you know swinging it in from from um kind of deep or making his way to the byline and, and kind of pinging it across low as well so um you know he really does add a lot to, to the attacking side of things this is good because i mean some of the things that i've read about him said that he's got he's got a high high energy um i hear the word robust quite a lot um aggression um and and his delivery um tackling tackling pass and it does sound like a perfect signing to be honest it all sounds absolutely fantastic but he apparently he's listed at five foot seven so is it fair to say that he's not that good in the air? Yeah, that's probably his weakest point. Um, so I guess in the Premier League that 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 is probably more of an issue than it is in France. Um, but I suppose it's not necessarily a fullback's main main job to to be demanding and um, commanding. Sure. Yeah, so as long as I mean got... we got we got Vestergaard. Uh, well, at the moment we have anyway, and he's six foot seven, so we've got him to to deal with that. So yeah, I mean, it's yeah, it's not he's not going to be sort of clearing the ball out of the area, com- yeah, commanding the aerial side of things, but um, certainly on the ground, he's he's really good. Do, do you see any other weaknesses or, or concerns with him? Um, I think because he's sort of very good at bombing forward, obviously he can get caught with the ball behind him, but I think that's just the case of. of um, I suppose developing his judgment of sort of when to stick and twist, and and also kind of being managed by by his coach and the players around him about you know when he needs to kind of hang back a little bit more, and, and um, certainly within the Premier League as he gets used to, um, it's not necessarily a more physical league, but it's certainly a faster paced league. That's some that's something that he may have to adjust to, and maybe kind of temper at least to start with at least at least until he gets used to the the tempo and the the sort of managing his energy and and you know just basic lung capacity that kind of thing maybe he'll need to temper the bombing forward a little bit and until he can um, work out how to manage those things I think that's often one of the problems more for midfielders I think than either defenders or attackers the midfielders that come across from from France unless you know, some kind of freak like Kante, a lot of them, that's what they struggle with, the, the sort of non-stop, end-to-end nature of the Premier League. They don't get any kind of breather. Um, but because of the player he is, who is bombing up and down the, the wing all match, that's something that, that may affect him. Well, me, me and Kevin were actually discussing this beforehand, weren't we, Kev, saying that we're excited about this. But when Diallo came in, we, he had to wait to get into the side, wait for injuries to occur, to, you know, to get an extended run. Uh, but with Perot, it's different because we don't have a registered left back right now, now that Bertrand has moved on. So he's going to have to be thrown in the deep end right away. I mean, do you think he has what it takes to be able to deal with the speed and, and, and the physicality of, of the Premier League? I think he does. As, as we said, he's, he's not very tall, but he's kind of strong and robust. He's, he's reasonably stocky. Um, among French players or French fullbacks, he is one of the sort of more high energy ones, so he should be sort of better fitted to, to adjust or to adjust more quickly than, than some others that have come across in the past. Um, and I think he's, he, as a footballer, he's clearly intelligent. He's a, a quick learner. As I said, he's sort of progressed smoothly year on year. So I think he, he'll definitely be able to make the step up and I think he'll be able to adjust quickly. Um, I just hope that, you know, if there's a couple of errors the first couple of matches that they you know that the fans don't turn on him or anything because obviously any player needs a little bit of adjustment time 
Of course, yeah. But hopefully Jim <coughs> will, will help him out as well. So. Oh, yeah, I think he's at the right place. He's got the right manager there for that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Um, just now I've found quite um, an interesting uh, table comparing the stats of um, Roman Perot, um for last season in league on against Ryan Bertrand in the Premier League. Um, I actually didn't write down whose it was, so if I find credit, I'll love to put it in the show notes. But um, yeah, off the back of 3,141 minutes and 36 appearances, um, and Ryan Bertrand's played about 20% less, uh, 2,600 minutes in 29. Um, but yeah, same number of successful tackles, 60, tackle success is about the same. 45 interceptions to 30, 13 crosses blocked for Perot to Bertrand's four. Uh, almost twice the number of clearances. Uh, he's made 30, he made 31 successful dribbles and Ryan Bertrand only managed three. Um, <laughs> yeah, two thirds of Perot's were successful and Ryan Bertrand's was only a third. Fast and accuracy is the same at 80%. 131 crosses to Bertrand's 82. Yeah, that, uh, that's, um, that, well, that number stood out for me, that one. That the crosses is going to be so massive. Yeah, and the crosses, well, I mean, it just, just shows his um, attacking prowess. He created 37 chances, uh, Bertrand only created 14, and this XA of 3.1, uh, he outperformed that and gave seven assists, uh, XG of 2.1, and he scored three goals. Bertrand, um, off of an XG of uh, 1.2, gave one assist, and off an XG of 0.6, scored bugger all. That, it's not even close, is it, really? But that, yeah, blocked, block crosses, clearances, dribbles, uh, crosses, chances created, XA, XG, everything. Uh, it, Bertrand's just been trumped on, on the lot. Yeah, I mean, it might be a bit of cherry picking. I don't see aerial jewels in, in that list, and um, <laughs> that might be one where he loses his help. But still, I think, all but, that but is very probably, You have to kind of, I mean, it's not a negative thing at all, but you have to remember that he was playing in a, in a team, yeah. even though they're sort of... You know their ambition really each year is is just to stay up. Um, under the coach they had last year, Dalolio, he was his emphasis is very much um, attacking football. You know, stand up even when you're playing PSG, still go for it, go for the win. We're not sort of playing ten behind the ball, so it means that it gives someone like Perot a lot more license to push up, to put in those crosses, to to go on a on a dribble and. and uh, you know, see see how that works out for the team. Um, I don't know if it will be exactly the same at Southampton, but certainly you also sort of encourage good football. So I think in that sense, he'll, he'll fit in well as well. Yeah, and I also looked at some of his stats, like, you know, just individually um, against against that team. So he, he, he's playing pretty much every week. So he's tied most uh, for the starts, and he, three goals, team high, seven assists, 43 shots, most passes and 110 crosses. Um, and actually looking at it, it looks like a lot of his passes don't go backwards either. So that that's good because we we want to be able to play forwards. Um, and a team high uh, 78 blocks. So very, very impressive stats. All right, I know that, um, you know, you could argue that the competition is far more fierce than the Premier League. But th- this is something that we that we need. We need a left back that can defend and something something to put the ball in the box because clearly Bertrand hasn't been doing that well. I mean, for me, that that's arguably his strength is his crossing, or at least sort of getting into a position where he can cross. Um, and um, obviously, depending on who you've got 
um, in the centre. Obviously, it's, it's you know tragic that you don't have a, a big tool striker like Guido Carrillo anymore. But um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, if you've got the right the right target man in there, not that he's only about the crosses, but you know that 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 definitely gives you um, you know a strong whether it's your plan A or plan B, it gives you a, a strong option there. Brilliant. Yeah, that's brilliant. Uh, what about his, his potential? Shane Long, the, oh, oh, Shane Long. Yeah, great, yeah. <laughs> or five foot two of him or whatever. Um, potential for him. Do, do you see him playing for France and, and, and going on to play for bigger clubs? I mean, what's the, what's the future like for him? Does, does he have a future in the French team? It, it's a shame that he's not right back because that's arguably and has been for quite a while France's biggest problem position. Whereas left back, they've actually got uh, quite a few there who, who are sort of candidates. Um, you know, you've got both Hernandez brothers, uh, both Mendes, and Dean yeah. as well. But he's got, you know, he's, he's younger than, than most of them, um, less injury prone than, than a good two or three of them as well. So I, I definitely think he should be looking to to kind of force his way into that into that argument and. Um, one of the problems on, on both sides, both fullbacks for France for years now, you know, going back to the likes of Evra and Sanya, for example, um, is poor crossing. You know, players like Hernandez, <laughs> who are very good at, at, at getting into crossing positions, and then the, the final product is usually really poor. So if Perro can really make a name for himself in the Premier League as a, as a great crosser, I think Dean, for example, has forced his way back into the France team because he's done such a good job with that aspect for Everton. Um, I, I think Perro should be looking at, at being able to force his way into, in, yeah, into, the, into the equation. Um, I think I'd France have had an absolute nightmare um, trying to put together a, an Olympic squad um, and half the time it hasn't been clear which players have sort of turned down invitations themselves and which ones have been blocked by their clubs but um, I did read somewhere that, that Perro had possibly could have could have been part of the squad and turned it down because he wanted to make sure he had a full pre-season oh. with Southampton so I guess in a way Maybe he's kind of affecting his international chances short term, but probably with a long term view that that it could help him overall. So, yeah, I think he's got his head screwed on. That's good. And um, more importantly, can he take a penalty better than Mbappe? <laughs> um, not sure that he's taken any. I think he's certainly got a smaller ego than Mbappe. That's got to help. <laughs> can I can I ask how? Do I, I should have been following him, but I haven't been following him as closely as I should. I know he had that fantastic performance against Liverpool, but how did Diallo do overall last season? Um, he's been he's been in and out of the team. As I say, we, we, our starting uh, midfield has been uh, James Ward-Prowse and Romeo, but then Romeo got injured um, and he came in. He, he's had it's been patchy, but there have been there have been games where you've seen him and thought, yeah, he looks like a real player here. There's been a couple of occasions where we've given him man of the match on the show. And then a couple of occasions where he's been a little bit invisible, but I'm I'm confident that he's he, that he's at the right club at the moment. I I still like him as a player. He, he does love a crack from outside the box, even if it's going to Rose. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I like him. I'm 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 happy he's here, and I think next season could be massive for him. I hope so. I think he's a yeah. I think he's a class act. Yeah. Um. But anyway, yeah. Um. I think we have taken up taken up far too much of your time yeah thank you uh for coming on and educating us on roman pero 
Is that right? Romain Perrault, yeah. Romain <laughs> Perrault. Yeah, Kev's, Kev's the, uh, the language man. So <laughs> <laughs> just bleep it out and you can do it instead. I'm yeah, just uh, call him Poirot. Poirot, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, thank you, Jeremy. Thanks uh, for coming on again. Pleasure. Thanks very much. Cheers, Cheers mate. mate. Good luck to Brighton for the next season. I'd love to see him do well. Thank you. Thanks very much. Hi, I'm Matt Letizier. Thank you for listening to In That Number. Okay, we're back. Thank you to Jeremy Smith for joining us again and telling us about... Roman Perrault. There we go. There we go. Well done. Um, We will be back soon enough with our season preview. Um, And who knows, we might do another one before that because we've got a lot more. We might have a lot more, you know, news to go through, more signings perhaps to talk about. And before you know it, we'll be balls deep into the season. So, uh, so yes, uh, we'll, we'll promote Buy Me A Coffee again. Uh, and Discord, if you want to get on our Discord, uh, do that now or contact us. We'll, we'll uh, tell you how to join. And also, don't forget to join our Fancy Premier League. Oh, yes. League. Yes. So there's a new season starting. Uh, you've got your team ready already, haven't you? My team's ready already. Yeah, I'm there. I know what I, I know what I like. No, I wanted to get it done. I'm out of the way. Anyway, uh, it's coming home. So uh, good luck to England. Uh, I hope Wembley's rocking. Well, we have to believe that we can do this because I think this. I said it at work today. This is probably the most important football game that I've ever watched in my entire life. I'm going to try and enjoy it. Try not to watch it from behind the sofa. Um, and I hope you all have a great weekend and enjoy it too. Um, yeah, my plan, my plan for the weekend is just just to get so hammered. It doesn't matter if we win or lose. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm going to do that anyway. But yeah, so yeah, good luck to England. Um, <laughs> until then, up the Saints and up the Free oh, Lions. Coming home. Up the Saints. Up my Southampton. Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday. I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.